Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But for Producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us. And that's why we're asking for your support. If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well. It's only five bucks a month for all these extras. And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air. Become an EPP now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, a man suffers injury while going after an intruder that may be undead. What sort of evidence is needed to convince a police officer that he resides in a haunted house? A grandfather's ghost returns to haunt a family, but why is his ghost wearing pajamas? Teens uncover a sight they'll never forget during an amateur ghost hunt, and the cries of a family pet are just as troubling in death as they are in life. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Brisky joining you once again. Hello. Greetings. And how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm just enjoying this delicious bacon-flavored chapstick that I've been putting on my lips every day. Is that day. what that is? It looks like it's like one of those Dr. Pepper chapsticks that it has that color. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it tastes, it's kind of bacon bitty. Ew. So, it's like a, uh, a bad salad bar. See, I like bacon, but not, I'm not a bacon bits girl. You know, I, uh, for a long time, uh, didn't realize that bacon bits weren't real bacon. <laughs> they're kind of like begging strips. Yeah, I mean they're they're just like sulfur pellets with you know that are chemically altered to resemble something uh, of the nature of bacon. Yeah. As a kid, I used to make a uh, a salad at the salad bars when we would go to supper clubs in Wisconsin. Uh huh. So you can go up there and you know put all your toppings, and I would get no lettuce. I would just get a, a bowl and fill it with sunflower seeds, bacon bits, croutons, and some shredded cheese. And I called it a weirdo salad. And that That's was appropriate. And I'd sit there and I'd eat it with a spoon. I can like the, um, just looking back on that, the amount of uh, sodium that I was taking. Yeah. <laughs> surprised I didn't have a heart attack at like five. That's a lot. Because those are, they're just sodium pellets. So uh, I don't really use them in anything much these days. No, I don't buy them. I won't let them in the house. I don't, I don't like dislike them, but they're, they're certainly not bacon. 
No. no they're, they're not like a substitute for bacon in any way, shape, or form. I just use a chapstick because it's the only chapstick I had around here and somebody gave it to me. It's <laughs> creepy. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, let's kick off the show today with a letter that was written into us. Uh, David wrote, wrote in uh, through our website at realghoststoriesonline.com and he says, uh, Hello, Tony and Jenny. I have a freakier for you that just happened last night. I think it's freaker. Oh, freaker. Freaker. Okay. That's a David word, I think. Okay. Or is that what the kids are saying these days? I guess. <laughs> I've never heard that. I am not up on the The kids? Lingo. Although David's probably like our age or older, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is David that wrote our song. Okay. I don't, I don't know how old David is, but I don't think he's a kid. No. I, yeah, so I'm just I'm just teasing. Uh, I wanted to call you uh, as it was happening, but I wasn't prepared for it, and I didn't have my phone with me. Okay. Uh, I was fast asleep for many hours, uh, up until I was awoken by my girlfriend saying, Baby, did you lock the bedroom door? Well, you know what that usually means. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on if there's kids in the house. I want to know the tone that she said it in, because we're just reading this, so is it like, <laughs> Baby, did you lock the bedroom door? Or was it more like, Baby, did you lock the bedroom door? Even freakier if she's a woman and she's in that. It sounded like Pee Wee Herman trying to be seductive. <laughs> that was really bad. I guess it'd be, it'd probably be even scarier than any ghost if suddenly her uh, his girlfriend starts talking like that. Baby, did you lock the bedroom door? <laughs> I think I heard Bill Cosby out there. <laughs> no, I just had reruns That's on. two I'm days here. in a row. That's enough. I said, yes, baby. Why did you wake me to ask? That's not how he said it. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going like this. She said, because I just heard the downstairs sliding glass door open. Okay, that's where you know it's, it's not seductive. No. Okay, so because I just heard the downstairs sliding glass door open. So we know it was in a very... It's a panic tone. Panicked tone, not a seduction jello pudding pop tone. <laughs> this was about 2.45 or 3 a.m. I told her that I was sure that I locked her bedroom door and the sound she heard was probably our roommate coming home. I thought that's because he's a uh, partying kind of guy that works at a bowling alley and stays until close after his shift, drinking beers at the bar. Anyway, to calm her nerves, I told her that uh, I would uh, check it out. She told me not to go because she was freaked out, and I told her not to worry that I'll be right back. I went out of the room and felt my way downstairs. Can't handle light when I first wake. Anyway, I was going down the stairs, and I heard a voice say, Hello? It was very weak, but I could hear it. It sounded like it was present, but yet far away, and gurgled. I guess the best way to describe it is a, a chorus flange effect turned to its max, just gurgled. Actually, even like someone is attempting talking while using mouthwash, yet the words were not so clear. At that point, I was getting spooked because I already listened to you guys every night before bed, so I proceeded to walk down the stairs. When I got to the kitchen, I turned on the backyard porch light and saw nothing. At that point, I felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned around with all my strength and punched. I ended up hurting myself since nothing was there, and thank goodness it wasn't my girlfriend or a roommate, but I was spooked. Anyway, this morning, I contacted the owner of the house we live in and asked him about the history of the house, and he said the last owner died by falling off the second floor roof while he was cleaning out the rain gutters. I've lived here over a little over a year now, and this was the first incident that I can't explain. But someone put their hand on my shoulder that wasn't there. 
I wonder if because I've been listening to your show and watching a lot of paranormal channels on Roku, I wonder if my involvement and interest in the paranormal has somehow lured it to me. That's a question for you and the community. This is the first time making an email of an experience that I believe is supernatural, so please excuse the poor punctuation or any flaw in my writing. I'm still very excited. Thank you for reading this. Love you guys. David. That's funny. That's really funny that you hurt yourself trying to punch a ghost. I don't blame, but the thing is, I don't think he, I mean, he didn't think it was a ghost at the time. No, I know. But looking at back at it, it, sure. it is kind of funny. It and I'm sorry, like, David. I'm not trying to make fun of your situation. I, We all know Jenny would have been scared. So Jenny would have never have gone down the stairs. No, Jenny would be like sending Tony down the stairs. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't blame you for trying to punch it. You thought someone was in your house. That's disturbing. I mean, certainly you. I mean, that's you know, you know, somebody's touching your arm. Oh yeah. You know, it's not like oh, I think there was a fly. I'm going to hit the air. You know, he was. It was self defense there, and I. That I don't think I don't think I could go back to sleep after that. <laughs> you couldn't go back to sleep after most things. You're right. I couldn't. I would really be up for days. I mean, I'm awake at like the slightest bit of paranoia, and if I had that going on, I. I don't know. I don't know how I could live in a house that suddenly became haunted. Well, I don't think it suddenly became haunted. I'm just saying in general, me personally. Sure. No, and to address his question, you know, I think honestly what it does is it just makes you more aware of things. And it's probably a little bit of a freak out effect. Sure. But I don't think it encourages things to work its way into your life. Yeah, I don't think so. No. I can't be sure, but I don't think so. That's, that's I mean, anything is possible. But if you're to ask my opinion, I agree with you. I don't well, think it can. But there's people who will make an argument the other direction, too. I understand that. But they have to realize if that were the way that it worked, mm-hmm. we'd have furniture flying around the room and <laughs> everything. That's it, true. We'd have probably the most haunted house because that's all we do. I do sit on a hoverboard. Do not. My chair is levitating right so, now. So, <laughs> knock on wood, we'll stay haunt free. But, yeah. you know, I, I just think it, it just makes you more aware and you think about that. Maybe it's more in the front part of your mind versus the back of your mind. Sure. So, so you may be more aware of some things and some things may pop out as being paranormal when they're not. Sure. Just because of being more aware of them. Yeah. Or you may be more aware to real paranormal activity, too. It's well, just it's, up to you to decipher it. It's kind of like, you know, if you get, if you learn about diseases or something and now you're aware of that, you think mm-hmm. all your symptoms, oh my God, I'm coming down with this horrible disease that I just learned about. That's why I eat a lot more carrots now because I'm afraid I'm getting the scurvy about once a week. It's true. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Jill from Indiana. Um, I was calling... In response to the lady who called in about her husband dying from complications of diabetes, I'm sure a lot of people have called in. And um, I'm just going to tell a story of something that happened to me that might help her understand what possibly her husband was going through and why he became so obsessed. So I'm going to give you the super short version. I keep trying to record it and running out of time. Uh, When I was about... 23 or 24 before I was a paranormal investigator. I've always been this way, um, seeing and hearing things, but um, I did not make that common knowledge. I hid it, lied about it, 
covered it up because it freaks people out. So anyway, I was dating a man that was, um, he was super religious uh, Baptist, but he was okay that I wasn't. So we got along really well. So here's to the quick part that I got jumped this forward. Uh, he had a grandmother that we both knew, and I liked her a lot, but I'd only known her about a year, and she passed away. When she passed, I had a vision about her. I say vision because um, I was and I was staring at a light that was on a clock. It was like a night light. I was looking at the time, and the night light part of the clock started to glow more brightly than it should have been able to do. And I sat up in bed and was leaning on one arm, staring at the light, and it got brighter and brighter, and I thought it must be a power surge and that the light was going to blow. So the white light grew so bright, I could see nothing but the light. And then uh, there was a, a vision, like a movie, inside the light. And the movie was grandmother sitting in bed in the hospital, and she looked like she had already passed. And she was sitting in the bed, very peaceful with her hands folded, and I figured maybe the nurses had propped her up, positioned her like this. And as I'm looking at her, um, this being made of gold light walked in front of me, very close to me. Uh, he walked by, very close to me, and as he passed, I was covered in a feeling of love and joy and excitement and happiness. All at once, poured all over me. It was wonderful. And he walked around to the side of the bed and, took her, and he whispered something to grandmother. And she sat up and smiled and took his hand. And she looked at me and I could tell she was also feeling the love and the happiness and joy pouring all over her. And she said, uh, it's okay, Jesus is here to take me to heaven now. Tell my family that I love them and that I will see them later, and I'm going to go to heaven to be with Jesus now. She stood up, and uh, the being made of gold light had no discernible features. It was a bald, amorphous, bipedal humanoid made of golden light. And he looked at me. And I talked to him with my mind and said, why does she think you're cheated? And he said, because that's what she wanted. That's who she wants to come get her. But I still saw that being made full of light. So anyway, they were leaving. They walked around the bed. And as they passed me to leave, I tried to reach out and touch him. But of course, I, I didn't have a body. It was just it was like a dream, but it wasn't. And I begged him to take me with them. And he spoke to me and gave me a lot of reasons why I needed to stay, told me I had work to do, and I needed to deliver this message to her family. And I said, you know, I was thinking, you know, I, I can't deliver this message. that They won't believe me because I'm not super religious like they are. Why don't you just go tell them? And he gave me a bunch of reasons why he couldn't just go tell them. I said, yeah, I have to tell me. So when I woke up, uh, instead of, I could still feel remnants of the joy and happiness, but there was also a devastating sadness, a horrible emptiness because it's gone. 
that, that they were gone. Uh, and I could still feel like a residue of that joy and happiness, but nothing like when he was there. And I was crushed and crying and devastated. I just wanted to go with him. And I would have done anything to, to go back and to be with them and to go with them. And I wonder if her husband didn't see something or experience something like that, like being able to be near the light but not being able to go into it. And it's just crushing. For three weeks after that, I would, I seemed bipolar. I would switch from happiness and joy and hugging and kissing everyone and singing to crying for no reason and feeling worthless and unworthy. And then, it, and then it would switch right back to the joy and happiness. It was like I was broken, and no, I did not do any drugs. <laughs> my uh, friends who knew me and my boyfriend, uh, they, both, they all thought I was doing drugs. I was behaving like a typical 1970s hippie. And I would hug people for no reason. I would hug people I didn't know and tell them uh, that I loved them. <laughs> It was crazy. It wore off eventually, thank goodness. But um, it was wonderful and horrible all at the same time. So I wonder if after, you know, her husband passing and then coming back, if he didn't have some of that uh, residue that made him obsessed with whatever he saw or experienced on the other side. So that's my story. Um, I did deliver the message to uh, my fiance, and his his family were very uh, happy to get that message and very excited. And they had said that Grandma had always said that she hoped Jesus would come for her when it was her time. So I was able to tell them that that is who came for her. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again later. Thank you for uh, calling in and sharing that story. And, you know, it's one of those things where we don't know exactly what, you know, happened with that story that was shared on the episode the other night. But it's certainly an interesting perspective as to what, you know, may have gone through, uh, you know, that man's consciousness and then really affected him the way that it did for the last, you know, couple of months or, or weeks there that, that he was you know, with us. Yeah. You know, I think anytime you face death... Mm-hmm. that you know that closely it just makes you think differently about a lot of things sure and if it was a really intense uh, experience i think it would make anyone pretty spacey for lack of a better term yeah you know where you're just kind of bouncing in and out of consciousness as you're constantly trying to make light of what it was that you just experienced and what did it actually mean and you know mm-hmm. just trying to process it all right so uh, thanks for the um, thanks for your insight there. We do appreciate that. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you want more ghost stories and you want our show to continue on the air, well, then please support it. Become an EPP. That's uh, the way that you guys can uh, allow this show to continue on. You become an extra podcast person. It keeps our regular free show on the air that we always do. And uh, as a little thank you, we give you a bonus episode emailed to you every single 
single week. You get access to our complete archive of past EPP episodes as well and video. Uh, it's only five bucks a month. Your support, like I said, it keeps us on the air. You can sign up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. BK writes in, uh, hi, my name is BK. I'm a sergeant, uh, police sergeant in Missouri. I've had several encounters with what I believe to be ghosts in my house. We've lived in the house for about eight years. We rent the home, which I believe was built in the 50s. I know no history on the house. The first encounter happened when I was walking through our kitchen several years ago. So I was walking through the kitchen. I saw what appeared to be a column smoke from the floor to the ceiling. I just caught it out of the corner of my eye and walked into the next room. As I was walking, I realized what I had just seen. I turned around and ran into the kitchen, ready to evacuate the house, thinking we had a fire. When I went back to the kitchen, the smoke column was gone. The next incident occurred about a year later. I was walking from the kitchen into the living room, and as I did, I saw a glowing blue light slowly emerge from the left wall of the dining room, which floated across the room behind the table and chairs and went out the right wall. I've heard numerous voices in my house as well when I'm the only one at home. The first of several times I heard the voices, I would jump up and go through the house checking to see if any televisions or radios were playing and none were. I'd also look outside to see if any neighbors might be outside talking and no one was. The last incident occurred about two weeks ago. My wife and I were lying in bed. We saw a person with dark hair and wearing a white shirt walk into our bathroom. We have two teenage boys with dark hair and we didn't think anything of it. But the strange thing was... We never heard the door shut. After a few minutes, I got up and walked into the bathroom, and no one was there. Recently joined a paranormal investigation team, Northland Paranormal Society, hoping to get a better understanding of these happenings, but I'm reluctant to actually do an investigation in my home. At this time, I've just seen things in the house, and nothing seems dangerous here, so I don't want to stir things up. Okay. So you don't want to stir things up, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you already got things going on. So, well, you know, <laughs> it, I, it's kind of like like this. He, he he's put, you know, uh, what's the uh, Pepto? Well, not Pepto Bismol. What's the the thing you drop into water to Alka Seltzer? Uh, Alka Seltzer. Uh huh. He's put one Alka Seltzer in the water. Okay, it's kind of stirred up. Okay. A little bit. It's nice he's there. There's some interactivity going on. But he doesn't want to, like, drop the whole box of Elka-Seltzer in the water. I get that. Okay? Yeah. I think that's where he's coming from. Well, my question is, if you know things are going on, why why the need for the investigation in the first place? That's a good point. I think he really should think about... What, what What is the purpose of the investigation? Mm-hmm. Is the investigation just to prove you're not crazy to I, yourself or I to others? I seriously doubt that he's sure. crazy. And I'm not saying that. Right. I, I'm just saying, like, in in your mind, why are you justifying the idea of an investigation? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, is, is it to prove? Because, I mean, sometimes that is the case. It's because you have told all these people your house is haunted and you had this experience and that experience and sometimes you want you need others to experience this to have that happen so is that what you're wanting are you want essentially justification of your stories uh or are you wanting an investigation uh with a paranormal group to come in and attempt to rid your house of what's going on those are really kind of the two reasons that people have investigations 
mm-hmm. either to prove that it's going on, which, okay, you proved it, great, but if you're already pretty confident in knowing and you don't feel the need to have other people know about it too, uh, to, to justify this to yourself, because you're the one who ultimately has to deal with it, it's not a real big point for an investigation there. Um, if you do want to get rid of it, be very careful with the type of investigators you're you're bringing into the house and make sure that whoever you're bringing in is under the full understanding that you want them to get rid of it. You don't want them just to come in and get some EVPs for their archive and for their storyboards. You know, so understand why you're doing it and really think about that. And if you you want the justification, okay. No, you could very well stir it up and it seems like he's aware of that. But if you're wanting to get rid of it, there are folks who do that. And they're called the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just a little... I was just a little confused there because sure. if he already knows it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I think a lot of folks need to think about before they bring an investigation in. Because a lot of times it's the first thing in people's mind. Because essentially paranormal groups and uh, ghost investigators, which the two sometimes, a lot of times, just go hand in hand, um, are the first things that, that come to people's mind because it's so readily known and there seems to be a group in almost every town. So we think our house is haunted. We should have the investigators come. Well, what's the point? If you're already pretty damn sure your house is haunted. Right. You know, I mean, unless it's just like, uh, is there something physically wrong with my house? You know, if there is something in question, okay. But if it's pretty damn evident, do you need more justification on it? Let me ask you this. Paranormal investigation teams, when they go into a home and they suspect that it's not necessarily paranormal, do they have any other equipment with them like to detect if it is like a higher level level of carbon yeah. monoxide and things like that? Yeah. Okay. So they can kind of rid out those other possibilities too to explain yeah. that. Which is, is that's a reason to have an, an investigation team come in. If it's kind of on the fence. Okay. If you're going, is there, you know, some sort of weird electricity going on and, you know, that's causing things. Because th- there, there are cases where that it's carbon monoxide, uh, it's, um, I forgot what it's called, where they, is that something the f- box. Fear cage. Fear cage, yeah. Okay. Uh, which can happen. Um, there's a lot of things that could be going on. Um, and if you're kind of on the fence of if it's paranormal or not, okay, I get. But if it's like pretty damn evident, there's a, this is not an if. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a what. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. The, you, know you just got to, it's, it's a case by case thing. So uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. John writes in, good day from Australia. I've been listening to your stories and enjoying them as uh, with most of us have always experienced odd events and feelings. My mother and late grandmother have also witnessed weird things. My mother in particular is open to a lot of things and in a way, I believe she's partly psychic. My mother dreamed of her death and the death of her father and her youngest daughter, my sister, two weeks before they occurred. I have, it seems, received this gift, almost curse, of being able to sense paranormal events, but I'm nowhere near psychic. My story is of when I was nearly four years old. My mother and I lived with my grandmother and grandfather in a large house in Australia. My grandfather had died two weeks earlier from heart failure. I was in the front bedroom with my mother's pet poodle, Mitzi the Poodle, was a great dog that constantly followed us around the house and never tried to bite or snarl. It was bedtime, and all of a sudden I saw a man standing in the corner 
of the room. Mitzi the poodle started snarling and growling with her haunches up as if in a pre-attack posture. She had moved closer to me, protecting me, and was also looking into the same corner as I saw the man. My mother, who was in another room, heard this and came rushing in. I was pointing to the corner and said, There's a man! My mother saw nothing. All the time, Mitzi was about to attack. All of a sudden, the man was gone and Mitzi went back to normal. My mother took me in to see my grandmother and asked me what I saw. I explained roughly the size and look of the man. They asked what he was wearing and I said pajamas. My grandmother then took me into her bedroom and opening the cupboard, I instantly grabbed a pair of pajamas that were hanging up and said this was what he was wearing. My mother and grandmother were shocked. I had picked out the pajamas. My grandfather had died in two weeks earlier. What seems odd is that my grandfather was a great man, a proud Englishman that was hardworking, loving, and caring for his family. I wasn't frightened by the man in the room, but what I find odd is how Mitzi the dog had carried on. I had not seen the man's facial features, and maybe this is why the figure seemed menacing to the dog. We never saw the man again. That house in particular had many odd happenings. I can still sense things in different houses now and know within an instant if it has a good or bad feeling, as my mother can. Anyway... Here's another odd ghost story that you can use if you want. Cheers and great work. There's no way that little kid would have known that his grandpa had those pajamas. Oh, no. He saw him. Yeah. And dogs, I think, in general, I mean, they're usually a pretty good judge of character. But again, if you suddenly have a paranormal thing, good person or not, it's going to get freaked out. Well, I don't it, blame it. It made sense, you know, because... I don't think the dog would have been able to smell the normal smell. You know how they know people by smell. Sure. And if the little boy couldn't see the face of Grandpa, I'm seriously doubting that the dog could have. So it sure. would have been one of those situations where the dog just didn't recognize what was there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Let's go to another caller, 855-853-4802. Hi. Hey, this is Chow from Seattle, and uh, I've got a ghost story. Um, so when I was younger, I used to live in the pretty ghettoed out area of, uh, Oakland and I was spending the night at my, well, I guess I call him my cousin, but he's more of a, like our families are pretty close. And so I was about maybe five or six. We were having a sleepover, and his uh, his older brother was 17? Yeah. Was uh, a gangbanger, and so uh, one night we were sitting out on the couch watching TV, and he left. And morning? Yeah, it was morning. And we heard him come in, and he wears these work boots, these Timberland boots, right? So they make a distinct sound, you know, Timberlands, they're heavy duty and you can hear them on the, on the wood. They're like stomping, right? So we hear him come in and then, um, actually later or that night he was, uh, he was shot and killed in, um, by a rival gang. And so we didn't find this out till the next morning, or at least, well, uh, he didn't. I I wasn't told. We were too young, you know. They don't want to 
tell you that kind of stuff, right? So, yeah, we we heard him come in, and we knew it was him because of the the boots. So, uh, yeah. The next morning, his his parents found out that he was involved in that stuff and he was killed. So, I mean, it could have been that he came home and then went back out, but I mean, I'm I'm thinking not because of the boots, right? Because we would have heard him leave. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm too sensitive to go. <laughs> I've been to a cemetery at night and fooled around and nothing happened to me. So, I mean, yeah. That's, that's about it. Uh, good job with your show. It's addicting. It, I use it as a bedtime story every night. Yeah, uh, take care. There you go. I think uh, it could very well have been the the brother. The ghost of the brother? The ghost of the brother. Yeah. Not the real brother. Well, if they heard him come in, come in they would have heard the boots leave. That mm-hmm. was the point he made, and I think that was a valid point. It's a haunting experience that you know you're, he's never going to be able to get the, the complete answer to. Right. But one of those things that I'm sure will stick with him for yeah, probably the rest of his life. Thank you for calling in and sharing that story. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. If you haven't already done so, press subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. That way you won't miss any episode of the show and you'll help us grow the community as well. So iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever it is, hit subscribe and get the uh, episode sent directly to you. Greg writes in, I don't know whether you would uh, class it as a ghost story or just a paranormal dream, but last year I stayed a week at my girlfriend's house in uh, Swansea, Wales. There we go. I think I said it correctly. If I just look at it for a second, I can pronounce words. Sound it out. I got it. Swansea, Wales. That's right. I'm also going to connect the dots. That's fun, too. I have a little pen that makes fun noises. (laughs) Picture page, picture. We set up... (laughs) <laughs> I had to get one more. Name. We had set up the uh, air bed in the living room for us, as your parents were living there. So we settled in for the night. We had to leave the living room door open because the handle had broken previously. So we wedged it open so we could get out and go to the bathroom, etc. I wonder what the etc. stands for. <laughs> to go to the bathroom, etc. Or to go to the kitchen for a snack. Okay. How's that? I think that works. I think the door had to be lo- left open for other reasons if the parents are home. True. Now, in my dream or encounter, as I don't know what to call it, I woke suddenly, looked at the open doorway, standing there, clear as day, was a little boy dressed in an all-Victorian-style clothing, and he was staring at me in fear. I got the impression I was scaring him. So me, being the person I am, tried to calm the child down. As I did, a woman appeared from the door, too, also with the same look of fear and sadness on her face. I was shaken as their gaze moved from me to the corner of the room, and I followed their direction. As I did, I saw a huge black mass in the form of a man with broad shoulders, but I couldn't make anything else out. As I turned back, they were gone, and I woke up. I woke my girlfriend up straight away and told her what I had dreamt. She consoled me and said it was just a dream. The next day, I told her parents, who told me that nearby there's a graveyard and that the rumor goes that not all the bodies are in the correct graves. 
the caretaker had been caught one night swapping bodies over and that he was a tall, lanky man. Whether this fits in with my dream, I don't know, but I haven't seen or dreamt anything since that was like that dream. Thanks, guys. I love your show. It's hard to say if they're connected. That's very unusual, though, that he saw the Victorian little boy and then the woman and then the other figure. So, I don't know. Why would you be swapping bodies around in a graveyard? I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure out, and that was the distracting part of the story to me. Here's my thoughts, and this is just Tony theory, but uh, it could make some sense. If you have a Victorian age grave, the odds of anyone visiting that grave, knowing who is in that grave, or giving a damn about who's in that grave, slim to nil, unless you're a history buff, uh, or you are really into the lineage of your family. And I suppose if you're uh, really paying attention to your graveyard that you're running, you probably see what graves get visited. And let's say you only have so much room in that graveyard. And you want to bring in more business. Well, you go to the areas not so heavily visited or visited at all. And you dump them into the other graves. And then suddenly, oh look, new space is open. Okay, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they specified at what point in time this swapping graves happened if this was back in the day when maybe they were just dumped in the wrong grave back then or if this is a recent thing stirring up activity that's what i'm saying is it's a tony theory a lot of things have to fall into place for this to be accurate but if even if it's in the last 20 30 years that the gravekeeper was doing this action um and it stirred up the victorian era folks um that could make a little bit of sense. Sure. But no. it would have to all play into, you know, yeah, that no, timeline. It makes sense totally. I was just trying to figure out sure. if, if he specified in there when that, you know. Details. Was a, yeah, when that was occurring. I like details. <laughs> and sometimes you just don't know. I mean, especially sometimes if stories are passed down from like a, a father or something or a mother. Sometimes you just don't have the details and you're just trying to tell the story as best you know it. And, and we still like those stories. It's just speculating is fun. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone. I know you mentioned music and death a while back, so I decided... To tell my story that involves just that. I was spending the night at a girlfriend's house, and I was maybe in seventh grade. We were in the living room watching anime when she asked me, Do you want to go ghost hunting? I quickly agreed. She went on to tell me that uh, of the three ghosts or spirits that haunted her and her family. At least the ones that she knew of. We sat for a while longer until I heard a humming sound. It sounded like a woman humming... A song or nursery rhyme, like a mom would do for a child. We decided to go see what it was, even though my friend kept telling me it was the spirit. We walked across the house to the L-shaped hallway that housed the bedrooms and bathrooms. As we got closer to her baby brother's room, the singing or humming got louder. I asked my friend if it was her mom, and she told me no, then pointed out that her mother's door was dark and the doors were closed. Considering we just walked all the way across the house, I knew she wasn't lying. My friend was in front of me, and she peeked around the corner, then turned back, and nonchalantly told me she was in there. She backed up behind me so I could look. I peeked around inside the brother's bedroom, and hanging over the baby's crib 
was this shadowed but somewhat illuminated figure. It looked as if there was a hooded figure with an illuminated face. Not so bright you couldn't see the facial features, but bright enough to brighten the room it inhabited. It was leaning over the crib, holding onto the sides and humming or singing that nursery rhyme to the baby. I was shocked by what I saw and stared long enough for the spirit to notice I was there. It turned its head and looked at me. Or singing or humming stopped. I immediately pushed past my friend and ran back to the living room. She was there, but a second after me. We didn't speak to one another until she decided it was time to sleep. Still scared, I managed to head down the hallway to her bedroom when I got in bed and laid there chatting for a bit. Then I heard a knocking. It was coming from her brother's bedroom closet. Again, it wasn't the parents. Someone was just continuously knocking the inside of the wall. It kept on for a while, and the next spirit's appearance just blended in with the spirit knocking. She told me to look down the hallway, and that's when I saw a black figure walking down the hall. It was a little over five feet and looked as if it had long hair, like a young girl. It kept walking towards the bedroom, and at first I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me since the hallway was already so dark. It kept walking down the hall and stopped right before it got inside the bedroom. It stood there for a few seconds, and then just kind of faded into the darkness. I was so focused on the dark figure, I didn't even realize when the knocking inside the walls had stopped. I stared at where the figure disappeared, and I'm not even sure when I fell asleep. I can guarantee you everything I saw, and especially heard, was real. Truly a frightening night for me. You guys are doing a great job, and I still have plenty more stories to share. Hope you enjoyed my story, and hope you read it on the show. Okay, I don't mean any disrespect to the yeah, families. Yeah, she does. No. That's what she always starts with it, then she says a slew of horrible, horrible, hurtful things. Would you shut up and I'm let me cr- talk? <laughs> the families that have little babies, and these ghosts are, like, singing to them or keeping them, you know, happy and quiet... Mm-hmm. How how are they comfortable with that? Because they bought ghost in a jar. Um, I don't think, even if it was a good ghost and it was maybe a, a ghost of somebody that was a nanny during life and that was what they did, I still don't want a ghost messing with my kid. Even sing it to it. I sure. don't want it that. Well, no. in this case, did the parents know? I'm assuming the parents probably knew because if the kid knew to go and see if it was in there... Well, did the kid just know from exploring the house at night and seeing these things? I could see where the kids are the only ones aware of these things and telling the parents, and the parents are like, oh, that's a really cute idea. Finish your toast. Um, you know, that sort of an approach. I don't know. And, and, ki- and kids are pretty accepting of a lot of weird shit. Yeah, they are. But I, I could also see the kid running off, and, and then, you know, if a ki- if one of my kids told me a story about the baby in the house and something Mm -hmm. bothering the baby. Sure. I'd be trying to investigate into it a little bit further. I think I'd be putting a camera up. Yeah. Just to see what's going down. Mm -hmm. And then selling that footage to TMZ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would be doing something, certainly. You know, if if your, your child is, especially if it's out of the ordinary. Yeah. Your child, like, who's, like, normally talking about, you know, Barbies and puppies and all of a sudden, oh, and that, that old woman, that, goes in every single night and gives jelly beans to the baby. You know, 
Right. Like, well, what? Yeah. You know, because that, that's the thing where I was saying, you know, kids sometimes with really weird, abnormal shit, so much of life is so new to them that sometimes really weird, abnormal shit will just register with them as, oh, this must be normal. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? I do see that. Yes. But again, there, there are plenty of stories where the adults know there's kind of like, oh, I kind of like it. I don't know. I would be uncomfortable no matter what. I, I always want to know who and what is around my kid. And no matter how nice that ghost may seem. Well, you do whatever works for your family. I just, sure. I, I can't wrap my mind around that one. I can't believe you said those horrible, hurtful things. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we had the caller last night who was talking about how it really helps out. You know, quieting the go- the ghost quieting the baby when he wants to shower or something. Sure. And in that case, it's free help. Yeah. As long as you can use it to your advantage, it's all okay. (laughs) Uh, Louisa from Texas writes in, I uh, had a much-loved wiener dog that came back. And she emailed me this story because she was concerned that you wouldn't read it because it contains a wiener dog. I had a much-loved wiener dog that came back. We know you have issues with wiener dogs. It's personal issues, though. I'm really okay with them. I just... I Bad associations. I have to get over it. I'll yeah, get some therapy. You do. I had a much-loved wiener dog that came back. Tinkerbell was a very old lady when I adopted her. Well, number one, kudos for adopting an old dog. That's a really nice, noble thing to do because most of them just end up getting killed uh, because people don't want to adopt an old dog. There's some of the nice, especially if you know there's not a history of abuse or anything. They're like wine. They, they get better be, with age. They can be great animals. Yes. So, uh, as long as it's you're not like, you know, uh, you're not aging uh, Boone's Farm or something. Those could be really bad dogs. <laughs> uh, seeing as I'm a cat person, seems odd that I just had to leave her. Her owner before me was dying of cancer and the family was just not in the mood to deal with Tink who was basically uh, in the same way. They began looking for a new home for her when I got wind of her need. The only other option was uh, the pound for her. We all know what happens there. My parents had just lost a beloved border collie so my hope was that they would take her course in the process of uh, taking her around for a visit my heart melted sigh the parents just weren't interested so my husband ended up just having to deal with it because tinkerbell was living with a dying woman who was too weak to take her outside to do her duty she had reverted to just going everywhere i couldn't blame her for that but i also couldn't allow her to soil up my home she was relegated to staying crated until she got the idea about going outside only, and believe me, there were many accidents to deal with. After she got it, the crate became her bed for overnight as well, and a place to retreat to when she needed quiet or whatever doggies like to do alone. After she became an adjusted full member of the family, she most loved to sit with one of us on our easy chairs or in my husband's chair while he was at work or out and about. I could tell more about her behavior there, but it doesn't add to the ghostly aspects of my short little story. However, Tinkerbell loved chicken to a fault, and if we had chicken and failed to share, she would have an accident as payback. We adored her, even her, even with her quirks. I never knew how old she was, because all anyone from her former family could say was a rough estimate. I'm guessing that she must have lived to around 12 or 13 years total when she passed. We only got to love her for at least four years or so. 
In her last month, she became weak and painful with a blood disorder that I carried her outside myself to let her do her duty. I am disabled and it wasn't easy. Anyway, while uh, she stayed the night in her crate bed, she would make bumps, scratching and normal doggy noises and would bark in her sleep often. The sound of bumps, bangs, and scratches aren't important parts. When she struggled with her last breath, I was holding her and gently telling her it was okay to let go and that she didn't have to stay here in pain and suffering anymore. Then she left me to mourn. We had her cremated because she was too special to bury. Now, about a week later, she was back making her usual bumps and bangs in the crate. I was astonished, to say the least. Not a faint echo of bumps and scratches, but noises so loud I had to look into the crate to check it because it sounded just as if she was really there. I'm proud to say I had my very own ghost dog. I could not see her, but I could definitely hear her. It was really cool, but not in any, uh, but not at any time frightening to us. I became very ill later and was forced to move out. But for the next year, that my husband stayed in our house, she could be heard and occasionally almost seen on a daily basis. I don't know if she is still there now, as I've been living away from home for about two years now, and my husband has been out of the house for about a year. Don't worry, we have a fine friendship or relationship despite the distance. I absolutely love your show and my uh, best to both of you. I have more stories to send later as well. Thank you for what you're doing for folks with this outlet. Okay, so my question to you, if we had a pet that passed away, Mm -hmm. would you want it to, one, stay around as a ghost and see it every so often and hear it, Mm -hmm. or would you want it to go on and cross over and go to animal heaven? I wouldn't mind it hanging out with me until I passed on, and that's my selfish answer. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I think I would have it hanging out. I mean, if it wasn't suffering or anything, if it was just kind of still enjoying life and able to play fetch, and we could sit down and watch great family movies together like Ghost Dad and things of that nature. Stop it with the Bill Cosby. Three times. No more. (laughs) See, I wasn't even going to say the name. I was just going to throw that in there and continue. Everybody on. knows what you're doing. <laughs> it's not that clever. Yes, it is. No. I don't know. I think I'd want it to go on to a better place. You know? Yeah. It would It would still... I, what if that better place is just being a ghost, though, and wandering around with other dogs? And it would be more... What if it would be more happy? I would think that, you know, dogs, if it's, especially if, you know... People, we go out there and we interact with other folks and stuff, and we have family from the past that, you know, are dead that we would enjoy seeing again in the brighter place. Dogs, uh, they don't necessarily have those, you know, former dead family members that they were so close with. It's pretty much us. So that's where I'm thinking, Yeah, um, you know, it might be more joyous for the dog. But you never know when you're going to go. I'd want my sure. dog there waiting for me. I want the dog waiting for me too, but I don't want it leaving until I'm going. <laughs> you you leave your dog behind by accident, then? Why would I leave my dog behind by accident? Well, if you suddenly die and your dog's still a ghost, then I become a ghost, and we go and you come back and get it as a ghost. Yeah, we just it's we just get together again. We meet up at the Starbucks, and we go. Okay, let's go. All right, this is getting far out. There. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying is the dog stays with you till you die. Then it, maybe the dog is the one that helps you cross over. <laughs> like, oh, hey, look. I didn't really. It's kitty. You know, and then the cat comes and helps me. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I think may be a pleasant idea. So there. Would okay. you want her to, our, our dog Lena here to, to go off to doggy heaven? Yeah. Or to hang out until, you know, you die. Well, I want her to live a very long life, and then when she dies, I want her to go to doggy heaven. And then meet back up later. Yeah. I just assume let's just hang out, all of us. That's how I do it. <laughs> I couldn't have another dog if Lena the ghost was They could become around. friends. Let's do a call. How okay. about a call? Hi. Hi, Tony, Jenny, and audience. This is actually a follow-up call. Um, Tony, quite a few episodes back, you mentioned the legacy of Hilltop Drive that you saw it when you were a kid. Um, just recently, I checked it out, and it's actually called Grey Secrets, followed by a colon, and then the legacy of Hilltop Drive. And so I wanted to call just in case there are other people who are interested in seeing the movie. Um, they may have difficulty trying to find it through YouTube, but you can definitely get it to Amazon Instant Video. And um, I really enjoyed it, even though some people may say it's old school, it really is entertaining. And it covers a lot of the topics that are discussed in the show. Like for example, one part when you discuss um, disclosing if a property is, um, if there is some kind of haunting or any kind of issue, that's mentioned in one particular part of the show. And a lot of um, other topics that were discussed through different episodes are also touched. So it's really entertaining. So, Tony, you may very well, if you haven't revisited the movie as yet, I'm sure you will get a kick out of it when you do check it out. And, Jenny, if you're brave enough, I think you'll enjoy it as well. So, happy holidays to everyone listening. I really do enjoy the show. And I also have a friend who's also an avid listener. So, she may very well get a kick out of hearing my voice. So, Lisa, hi. <laughs> okay, everyone. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Look at that. It's not just a bad uh, YouTube off of someone's VHS anymore. It is on Amazon uh, Prime even. Oh, really? We could watch it now. I love it when our listeners know our personalities to know well enough that I probably would be too chicken to watch it. I've watched like little bits and pieces on YouTube because some other folks have pointed this out to me over the year, over the uh -huh. last year. And uh, oh, it, it, it's quite hokey, but... Uh, I, I, I just need to take the time to sit down and, and watch it because I would like to see it again because it'll be like a brand new movie to me. Patty Duke is in it, by the way. Oh, really? So, you know it's a good movie when Patty Duke is in it. I'm looking for the other... Uh, I think the best thing Patty Duke ever did was have her son, Sean Astin, who was in Goonies. I don't recognize... And I'm not good with actors or actresses, but I don't really recognize anyone else uh, who's in this movie. Uh, there's the list right there. But I believe this was a made-for-TV movie originally, back when it uh, back when it came out. I just remember watching it uh, in like my in my parents' house, just kind of zonked out in the armchair, eating Captain Crunch. Here's another caller. Hi. Hey guys, uh, my name's Philip. I'm calling from Texas. Uh, got a lot of stories. Uh, basically, uh, when I was younger, I was in uh, Chops Tech Services, and uh, I had a foster home. And uh, I'm, I'm African-American and the whole, my foster family were Hispanics. 
So they're all Hispanic. So uh, basically, let me fast forward. Uh, the first two nights there, the first night there, I woke up and this happened. I, 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 I kid you not around. This happened at least eight to ten times. I wake up and I could just move my eyes. I couldn't move my body or nothing. And um, yeah, the first time it happened, uh, I was just cursing at it in my head and stuff. Um, the second time it happened, like later on that day, the second day before I went home, I was telling a lady at school, and she told me to plead the blood of Jesus and that it was evil spirits in the, in the house. The second night, I did that, and the, the feeling of you know sleep paralysis, it never happened again, but a whole bunch of slew of things happened. Uh, shadow people, all in the house uh, and it wasn't just me that was experiencing this i was new to this to this home um all of her sons before me experienced the same type of phenomenon uh, and then another thing i seen a ghost of my foster brother's dead dog lucky and that was pretty trippy but i knew it was nothing wrong there because i didn't i could just i knew it was him it's just like i knew it was them um, another thing, they got a recording from the PlayStation iPhone figure walking out the closet and walking around, around the house, going to my room, and then going back to their closet. Uh, thanks, guys. I got so. And that does it. Oh, I'm sorry. I hate that when that cuts people off. At least he got the most of the story out. Yeah. Thoughts? The foster brother's dead dog. What about the foster brothers? Dad? I wonder how he knew it was that dog. Because they had an agreement. They had an agreement. The dog, and just like we were talking about. Okay. <laughs> That's how it works. You just got to sit down and talk here with Lena someday and decide what you guys want to do. It's all it takes. It's a conversation. I'm sure. I wonder if that could be done. What? Literally having that conversation with your pet. You know, like, you, you, I'm saying, like, you know, people can, like, get ghosts to go away by having a kind of, like, hey, you know, please, you know, can you talk with the pets? Can you, can you ask people, or, or humans even, to come back as ghosts and let them know that that's, that that's what you want to do? If there's enough will in, around you to, to keep you here, I wonder, does that help keep you here as a ghost? You mean... Like family wanting you to yeah. be here as a ghost yeah. that could hold you here? Yes. I have no idea. It's just, and I'm not trying to be a smart, I'm like, seriously, just because we've talked a lot about, you know, how is it that some things, or sometimes people are ghosts, sometimes people are, they move on. Sometimes it does it always, is it always up to the individual who's dead? I think it's up to the individual, at yeah. least from some of the the stories we've had of people that have dealt with crossing ghosts mm -hmm. over it sounds like it's more up to the individual yeah I, I tend to lean that way I just wanted to throw that idea out there yeah my brain hurts from talking to you this last hour <laughs> lots of ideas uh huh Ah, if you have a real ghost story, share it with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. If you like the show, please support it. Become an EPP. Get a bonus episode of the show sent to you every single week. Uh, you do that uh, through uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month, so uh, check that out and help keep our show alive. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.